I was in Singapore and was literally on an island without any understanding of where to start an animation. I really wanted the experience of being in this industry to be less lonely for all of us, but also to use the platform to demand positive change, closing the education gap and creating more tools and access points to the industry. Basically, a lot of this is rooted in advocacy, not just for the greater community and our future, but giving everyone the tools to advocate for themselves so they know how to learn, grow, and go. Hello, welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising black, indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Ray Mendoza-Landa, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamura-Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guests this week are Alicia Syed, who is Chinese-Pakistani, and Katie Dizon, who is Filipino. And they are here representing Animations, an organization created as a safe space for educating and celebrating Asians in animation. Super excited to have you both on. And before we get more into animations, would you mind telling us a bit more about yourselves? Oh, yeah, sure. So I'm Alicia. I am currently a post-production coordinator at DreamWorks Animation Feature. There I get to work on all the features and kind of help out with some marketing stuff. And I do all the film recordings of the voice sessions with the actors. And at Agents in Animation, I am the external relations chair. So I kind of just help oversee the entire department and form those partnerships with studios and other organizations. That's really cool. Yeah. And I'm Katie Dizon, and I'm a production assistant at Nickelodeon Animation Studio. I'm on a upcoming 2D series called Rock, Paper, Scissors. Oh, awesome. I'm also the external relations director, so I work alongside Alicia in also helping run the department and forming those partnerships as well. I'm really excited to have you guys on. Yeah, I can't wait to get into this. Before we get into all that, though, the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them, and then let us know why. Ooh. Okay. It'll make more sense yeah. once we start. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. pressure. No, we're excited. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Games are fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll start us off with the first question. Would you rather make your living as a ninja by accomplishing various missions that are assigned to you, like Naruto, or as a mage by accepting quests on of your choosing posted on your guild quest board, like in Fairy Tale? I haven't watched Fairy Tale, so you can get mad at me for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to say Naruto, even though I only watched like the first two seasons. Like that's all I know. I feel like being a mage would be cool, but um, Naruto is the only one I know. But then again, do I even want to be a ninja in Naruto? It seems very hard and difficult. <laughs> yeah, liking the show does help. But like, in essence, you would you rather be a mage or a ninja? I think I'd rather be a mage. Magic sounds cooler, <laughs> even though I haven't watched Fairy Tale. But Alicia, what are your thoughts? That's fine. I, that's funny though, because I've watched Fairy Tale, but I've never watched Naruto. Uh, really? <laughs> to, to, together, yeah. you guys complete Whoa. the question. <laughs> yeah, we complement so each other very well. If she sees something yeah. I haven't seen it, if she's yeah, we just complement each other. Yeah, you guys are there to cover all bases. Great. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> really good. But I would have to say mage as well. I think I want to be a magical person. That would be cool. Versus like a ninja, I feel like you could just build those skills, but <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I feel like being a ninja would be really cool. Like I like the world of Naruto, but I think I like the ability 
to choose my own missions and quests, having it be assigned to me isn't that bad because like that's what I do in my day job. I just get assigned stuff and I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, but but being able to kind of choose what I want to do and then mm-hmm. doing it with my friends, that sounds like a lot of fun. And either way, you get paid for both, except when I'm choosing to. I guess if you look at it, uh, being a mage is more like freelancing because you get to choose your freelance gigs. And then being a ninja is more like being actually a full-time employee where you just get assigned stuff. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Maybe I'll go for Naruto because like, then they'll just be like, hey, do this thing. And I'm like, great. I don't have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Moral ambiguity. Who cares? I'll do it. <laughs> well, you don't know what you're being assigned. So that's kind of scary. That's fine. <laughs> well, then again, when you take on a quest, they might tell you that it's like, oh, yeah, it's only like, you know, this small little org that's like destroying our town. And you find out it's like it's a family of orgs. It's like, oh, yeah, we may have fudged it a bit of what we actually needed. <laughs> Might have, like, missed a little bit of a detail there. Hey, that's not my job. Awesome responses. Yeah, good, good, good responses. We'll get into the next question. Which curse would you rather endure? Becoming a frog like Tiana from Princess and the Frog? Or becoming old like Sophie from Howl's Moving Castle? <laughs> Whichever Don't one wants cry, to jump man. in. <laughs> it's just a hypothetical. <laughs> I feel like both of those options are horrible. <laughs> like thinking about Sophie and she was like having such a hard time just like moving around because she was older. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't want to be a frog either. Like if you're old, somebody will take care of you, right? <laughs> you're right. Okay, I'll pick Sophie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I have to go with old. I, I don't oh, think I could take care okay. of myself in a pond. I wouldn't do well. Alicia, you and I can both just hang out in the retirement home yeah, watching exactly. shows yeah. together, watching more animations. We can finally <laughs> watch the uh, Naruto and fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I guess with, with this one, would the, the curses be lifted by the same thing? Because like, I guess yeah. for Tiana, all you have to do is, is kiss your true love and you're back to being a person. For Sophie, it was more based on how she was feeling about herself in the moment, right? It's, like her confidence it's is pretty like what vague. made her feel old. Yeah, it's pretty vague. But she, in the books at least, they say like that she put a curse on herself because she like, the the Wicked Witch of the Waste did something to her, but she also accidentally magicked herself old because she thought like she wasn't like pretty or whatever. And she's like, I might as well be just like an old lady. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a whole thing about it. But more or less, yes, you can you can like change or break the curse eventually. I, I feel like I'm a fairly confident person about my self-esteem. I feel like I'd be able to get young pretty quickly again. I'll just have <laughs> white hair. So then maybe I'll be a silver fox. <laughs> <laughs> like even if I could break it, the being a frog. Yeah. I would still have to be a fr- like, what if somebody squishes me? <laughs> or what if like, what, 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 what eats frogs? Hawks? Like what? Like I everything. Feel like I, everything. I'm like I, like I just become a target. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'd rather just I'll, I'll like be old. Gators in the bayou. I guess that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, like again, didn't they also have a tendency to like, even though they didn't want to, like their natural like instincts was to eat the flies and stuff. Like, yeah. Nah, I'm good. Like they, they have a little bit of a frog instinct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sophie is the wiser choice. I, I think. I believe. <laughs> I also have a romantic idea of like being really old i just like i can't wait to be old because at that point in my life i won't have to like care about stuff or what people think i feel like when you're young 
<laughs> you have to think about like all of this stuff happening around you and you're like when you get to a certain age people are just like ah they're just old <laughs> yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like you, they don't really care about if you mess up or something <laughs> wait what's 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 that like steve buscemi meme where i was like if if because oh. if i'm still my current age but i'm like old i'm like just walking around with my You're skateboard like hello backwards. fellow like, kids well thank you so much for playing in between with us thank you so much for your responses that was a lot of fun i'm glad we were able to do that <laughs> And if you enjoyed today's in-between questions, let us know your responses. Or if you have any suggestions or future in-between questions, contact us on social media. So before we actually get fully into it, thank you both of you for being on. I think this is a wonderful way for us to kick off AAPI Month uh, here. And yeah, I also want to give another special thanks to Yuki for helping organize and put this all together for us. I know you guys were in very close communication organizing this. So again, thank you once again for giving us your time. And I'm super happy to like jump into it. No, thank you for you know thinking of us and having us on here. No, yeah, of, course, of course, of course, of course. I'm loving what you guys are doing. Before we get into animations or agents in animation, let us get into getting to know you two. Uh, you both are working industry professionals. Uh, Alicia, you're currently working, as mentioned before, as a post-production coordinator at DreamWorks, and Katie, your production assistant at Nickelodeon. Can you tell us a little bit more how each of you kind of got your start? Um, yeah, I guess I'll go first. Um, my journey is like really long and obnoxious, so I apologize. Uh, <laughs> it's so- good. Uh, I mean, I've always wanted to go into animation since I was a little kid. I'm sure like most industry professionals, like as a child, I was obsessed with Batman, the animated series um, and just like Bruce Timm style overall. So I was like, Mm. ooh, I want to be an animator, character designer. Uh, Clearly did not happen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I fell down more of the live action path, went to college for film, but animation was always in the back of my mind, but it just wasn't really supported by my peers Mm. so i was like oh i'll just not pursue it but then when the pandemic hit i was just like scrolling on instagram and lexi chu posted about the women in animations mentorship circle Mm. and i was like oh what is this (laughs) so i reached out to her and asked for more info and then um i registered for wea and then joined the circle and yeah, kind of just all started from there, really, mm. for my animation journey specifically. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that it was always still an inkling in the back of your mind that <laughs> something, I guess not random, but something just popped up where you're like, why not? Mm-hmm. Let me give that a try. And taking that little leap of faith to like, still kind of follow that little ambition that you had. It's really great. Yeah. And yeah, look where you are now. You're, you're, you're doing it. You're in the thick of it. <laughs> Actually, you're probably in the being, uh, post-production coordinator you're probably in the deepest thick of it yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't envy production at all what you guys do is like i, I just can't even <laughs> we love production yes production's amazing thank you guys for everything you guys do um thank you for kind words um i can go next uh this yeah. is katie um I always loved animation as well. My story is similar to alicia um i continue to love it even more as i work in this industry as a kid, you know, I grew up watching cartoons on TV, a lot of Nickelodeon shows, you know, like SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents and uh, D- Danny Phantom. And it's really cool that I you know, get to work, say I work at Nickelodeon now. And also mm. Disney movies, that, that, that's kind of the stuff I grew up on. 
And so I knew I wanted to work in animation, but I didn't know if there was a place for me. I didn't necessarily wanted to do art for a living. You know, I enjoy it casually for fun. I like to do graphic design and I like to do it to express myself. And I like doing K-pop arts and crafts on the side just just for fun. And so oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to keep the joy of creating as a hobby for myself. So I didn't know if there was necessarily a place for me. Um, back in college, I discovered production actually from an alumni who came to speak to our class, um, who was working in production management in the animation industry and getting to meet her and talk with her about her job changed my life. And I think production is a good fit for me. I love it so much because it gives me the best of both worlds. It combines my love of animation with what I think are my natural strengths, which are project management and people care. So when I graduated college, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to get there. So I joined a ton of animation organizations, you know, Women in Animation, Rise of Animation, and of course, Asians in Animation, mm. participated in mentorships, and I volunteered. And yeah, I got in by being involved with these organizations, making connections, and here I am today talking with both of you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we need a lot of people in production who really want to be there. And like you said, you know, kind of have that natural skill or like natural knack for wanting to be, you know, in management positions and stuff like that. Because it really, yeah, production is the the scaffolding and the gears that keeps the whole thing moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when um, growing up, I didn't even know production was a job I could do for animation. Because when you think of animation, Mm -hmm. you obviously think of all the artist roles, so... And there's so much more um, as I'm working in the animation industry and I'm learning all about different departments, you know, like recruiting and artist management and animation tech. I'm realizing there's so many jobs for everyone. So as long as you have a passion for animation, you can work here. Totally. Which is mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's multiple things you can do on the artist side and non-artist side that you don't have to be pigeonholed to one specific thing. Absolutely. To kind of move forward, how did, you know, Asians Animations or Anime Asians first get started and kind of like what was the goal behind it? So Asians in Animation was founded by Lexi Chu, Olivia Stark, Brandon Bowie, and Joshua Kwan kind of as a response to the Atlanta shootings that happened in 2021. Mm. And like it didn't start off with a formal community beforehand, but they kind of started it so people wouldn't feel alone during those times and especially because like agent hate crimes were just happening everywhere so what they did was create a giant resource guide kind of for both the asian community and non-asian communities uh, for like how to help during these times and what are some ways you could step in if you see something happen that got published online and it got picked up by like a lot of other organizations and studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where it all started. And I think that's where we really established that we want to be a safe community, especially since then we've grown to like 2,400 members, I believe. Wow. wow. Yeah, it, across 43 countries. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people we're trying to look out for. Oh, and... um. We have uh, our president, Lexi's personal reason for uh, starting the uh, organization since she wasn't able to talk with us today. Um, hmm. She said, I was in Singapore and was literally on an island without any understanding of where to start an animation. 
I really wanted the experience of being in this industry to be less lonely for all of us, but also to use the platform to demand positive change, closing the education gap and creating more tools and access points to the industry across the entire pipeline and leadership ranks. And basically, a lot of this is rooted in advocacy, not just for the greater community and our future, but giving everyone the tools to advocate for themselves so they know how to learn, grow, and go. That's amazing. Just a word from our president. (laughs) (laughs) It's really beautiful. Absolutely love that message. And I was really kind of surprised to learn that Agents in Animation was founded because of the Atlanta shootings. Or like, Mm. you know, there had been a lot of Asian hate crimes, especially during COVID, for various reasons. But yeah, because there's like actually a large animation community here or a large animation industry that we do a lot of uh, animation for like studios in LA and stuff like that. And although (laughs) those two events were not like intertwined at all, I did think that it was kind of cool to have sort of like an outreach or a a safe community that's looking out for everybody like nationally, internationally (laughs) in the Asian community. Yeah, we saw a need and here we are today and we just turned one year old officially uh, last month. Actually, like on that, to me, that's really crazy. The fact that like you guys formed in 2021 and it looks like it has quickly built an impressive core of leadership team. Yeah, like a year, a year you guys been around. It's only been a year. I thought like, like your social media game and like you guys is like the resources and like the events that you guys put on and everything you have done. I thought you guys been around a lot longer. I'm surprised the the infancy of this organization. Can you actually talk about your positions, Alicia, as an external relations chair, and then Katie as an external relations director? Yeah. Yeah. I think, Alicia, you can start by talking more about what our department does, what external relations does. So, like, there's kind of this misconception that external relations just holds events. So people just see us, like, as the event people. Mm -hmm. But we're really there to try to create resources for our community because like a lot of industry feedback I guess people receive is that people are too green Mm -hmm. for entry level Mm -hmm. positions so we just want to help people get to where they need to be so we try to create resources to just help build those skills that they may need and to really answer any questions create resources and kind of uh, create those partnerships with studios and other organizations and not only just try to figure out how we could help uh, build members to get to where they need to be, but also kind of just having that conversation on how to just support the Asian community in general. Mm. Continue for Kitty. Yeah. Tag team, let's go. <laughs> so as Alicia said, we do partnerships with studios, and that mainly comes in the form of two things, like helping studios source talent from different backgrounds and all levels. So by the time this comes out, actually, we um, this month, April, when we're recording this, by the time this comes out in May, <laughs> we'll have already done our uh, presentation and Q&A for Turning Red with the director yeah. of Turning Red, uh, Domi Shi, and the production designer, Rona Liu. So that'll be something we can talk about later. <laughs> and then other things we've done for events... We did a character design Q&A with Yao Chen, who was at Skydance as a character designer. She also interned at Pixar. Um, We've also done a chat with Melanie Ann Young, who's a recruiter at Nick for building confidence and taking care of yourself while job searching. And also about the Disney artists, we did do a spice up your portfolio with story um, Mm -hmm. workshop. And 
We uh, also did a screening back in October with the director, Joe Mateo, um, at editor Alice Linway and composer Joy for the blush screening and um, mm. Q&A. Are these like available? Are they recorded or are they just like events? We don't have any like video recordings available, but we do mm. take notes and publish those on our website so people could go back and reference it. Just so again, we have those resources available for people that are interested and or that weren't able to attend. Yeah, that weren't able to attend. Um, so yeah, those we have notes for those available on the website. For our latest um, presentations, I, we, I think we have been recording and they are available on our YouTube channel, actually, like uh, Yao Chen's character design Q&A. That's awesome. That's yeah, really yeah. good. I like that. So uh, for you guys, were you guys approached to be in these positions or was it more like a democratic process? Was like there uh, like a posting within the organization that you guys applied for? Like how, how did that come about for you, for both of you? Uh, I kind of just fell into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> both so, of us did. <laughs> yeah. So like um, when the founders were creating all these resource guides at the very beginning, Lexi Chu was like, Hey, Alicia, do you want to help out? And I was like, yeah, I want to give back to my community um, and mm -hmm. just, you know, kind of have that conversation with people. I was just helping out. And then Lexi's like, okay, you're the external relationship. And I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> and yeah, that's basically what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> was it the same for you, Katie? Um, yeah, I can talk about how I got started volunteering for Asians in Animation. So I actually attended, we had an in-person meetup back in June 2021 for people that were based in Los Angeles. And I got in touch with some of the people that were currently in the leadership team, but they're actually for the community department. And they were like, hey, if you're interested, want to volunteer? And I was like, sure. So I started out as a volunteer. And how I actually got into contact with Alicia was that... Um, I was actually covering for another volunteer who had coordinated at one of our events. They were sick. So um, they asked me to step in 10 minutes before the event started. So I just went in. I didn't know anything about the event. I just helped moderate. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, um, Lexi, we talk a lot about Lexi, our president. She was like, oh, you did a great job. You want to help Alicia with another event and also coordinate and moderate for that. So I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, so we worked on that event together. And then Alicia officially asked me to join her department. Um, I was actually part of another department, but then she was like, I'm going to take Katie for the team. So we joined. <laughs> <laughs> and then we kept working on projects together. I was eventually promoted to coordinator. And we vibe really well working together and as friends that – Alicia asked me in January to be her director. So. That's awesome. Yeah, really complimented each other's skills. Started from the bottom. Now we're here at the top. Yeah. <laughs> so like, as I mentioned before, uh, Animations also has a focus on like international relations. What are your goals with the international space? Is it more geared towards helping international artists get job in North America? Or is there also some organizing to improve the conditions overseas? Well, we definitely want to tackle both. This is kind of like an eight, seven year plan we have. Mm. Uh -huh. But we've been talking about not only just trying to get more international artists in the studios in North America, but also trying to figure out what are other options if that is just um, not something possible for those artists. Because, mm -hmm. like, we don't want them to give up, we want them to keep pushing and trying. 
So we're trying to figure out what are some other pathways they could take so they could get where they need to be. Don't really have an in-depth plan yet because that's just a new conversation we're having, but that's definitely something we want to help focus on. Mm. So that might involve eventually branching out to international studios and having those conversations. Mm. But like you mentioned, we do want to talk about the working conditions as well and bring that to light because it is really important that people are aware of what's happening and that people are being taken advantage of and not getting what they need. Yeah. So yes, this is like a little further down the road, but this is definitely something we want to talk about and have an open conversation with people. Yeah, totally. A seven year plan does sound long, but it's, it's going to go by, you know, so quickly <laughs> and kind of like an impressive thing for you guys to be thinking about after just one year as an organization, like really kind of spearheading the conversation for that. Mm-hmm. This question is kind of generated by the idea from the quote from uh, Lexi, you know, being in Singapore and I, I'm guessing like, you know, coming over to America and like working here was like her best option mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, we, we want to have more diversity like in in America here, but also just like not letting everybody internationally be undercut either. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's also just like, I've heard so many international artists say like, um, it's just a struggle uh, because of visas as well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, it has to do with like the U.S.'s relationship with the other countries that the artists may be coming from. And I mm-hmm. just think that it's a shame like that's a big hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we also want to focus on like, what are some other options that people could look into. Yeah, we want to give um, international artists the resources they need and the skills they need to succeed wherever they are. That is amazing to me. I really like that you guys are making the effort to do something like that. And like, because it, it can be really easy and also like, well, doing an organization isn't easy, but like it could be easy in the sense of like focusing on your own community and kind of focusing on people like only people in L.A. But like you guys are focusing on you know, people across the states and even internationally. So the fact that you guys are caring so much about the Asian community as a whole or the AAPI community as a whole really is amazing and kind of astounding to me. And kind of like on that, it's like, again, you guys are still in your infancy. It's crazy how much you guys done within the year. But what kind of community have you fostered since starting your organization? We've really been focusing on like somewhat of a casual community as well. Like we don't want it to be very strict and stringent and like 100% professional like we want it to be an open conversation that's constantly happening um, and a very honest conversation um, not just with people outside but with each other because again like just coming from an Asian background you're kind of told to just keep your head down and keep going but we want people to feel like they are being heard and that they're being recognized and validated for their feelings as well so we see a lot of our members kind of have that honest conversation, which is really nice because, again, it's just just from a cultural background, it's kind of invisible. But um, but also we mm-hmm. also focus on a really safe community as well and making sure, again, people have the space where they could talk freely about how they're feeling and some of the struggles that they're dealing with, um, not just like in terms of job hunting or issues in the industry, but again, like from a cultural standpoint. But yeah, Katie, do you have anything to add on to that? 
Yeah, we try to be as inclusive as possible. I mean, most of the our members are those that are currently trying to break in, but we also do have plans to eventually, you know, also provide resources for those who want to take the next level in their career, you know, mid and senior as well. Yeah, going back with um, trying to be inclusive, like when we plan events, we're also thinking about people who are currently based in Asia and if they can attend our events. So we try to plan our events at an Asia-friendly time. And yeah, we just try to help everyone that's part of the Asian community, not just those that are based in North America, but globally. Like we really just Mm -hmm. want to be community-based versus resource-based, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So again, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like members have someone to fall back onto versus like feeling like they're doing it on their own. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. like mm-hmm. what our goal is. Yeah, that makes sense. Like we are our podcast is more like, you know, resource or information based where we're like, okay, here's some information we're just trying to display. You know, people are out here in the industry and and working and they're all like uh BIPOC and stuff like that. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, your organization is more focused on actually cultivating those connections that community like networking with each other to like support each other mm-hmm. yeah and for me personally when i started um my career in animation i didn't have any other people that looked like me that went to school with me that looked like me so i really needed i'm really grateful for asians animation for providing me a community where i can see fellow asians and fellow filipinos working in animation yeah totally uh, that's awesome. And like kind of like on that on that topic as well, like, again, when you go to a school and you don't feel that there's people that look like you, you don't feel like you're being properly represented, don't have like that sense of representation. What are your thoughts on the importance of Asian representation, both on screen with Asian characters, but also kind of behind the scenes as well, like in producing these cartoons? Because like you guys, again, people always think about the artists. People don't think about production as well. So like we're we're on both fronts and it's important to have representation on both the art side and the production side i think that's very important especially for me when i think about representation uh yeah we definitely feel the same way like obviously we want to see people that we identify with but it's also very important as we all know is to have people from that community working closely on the film as well Mm -hmm. uh just because so they have a safe space to voice something be like hey maybe we should add this or take this out because it might it's kind of actually harmful to um my community or i want to add this element um just like kind of uh displaying those nuances a little bit more um if that makes sense so that's like why i personally think we need more representation especially behind screen like just because you have a few people that's i don't think going to fully 100% represent a community in an authentic way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not a monolith, so. Yeah. So, um, especially like you said, a lot of people especially think of the Asian community as like more specifically East Asian, but they also yes. kind of leave out uh, the South Asian community, Swana community, uh, Southeast mm-hmm. Asian community as well. So I think it's also just really important to do your research and make sure you're bringing that representation versus like, I just need Asian artists for this Asian film. I think you need to look a little bit more into it and really do your research Mm. and making sure you're really finding the right people with the right background. Yeah, 100 percent. I super agree with that, especially of like East Asian artists are wildly different from like Swana artists or SEA artists like you really have to understand that Asia is a very big continent 
<laughs> with many different cultures so you can't just be like oh we're looking for an asian artist to fill our uh quota here you have to you know give everybody an opportunity and really understand what you're trying to make yeah definitely so uh something else uh i also want to ask is that uh has there been any you know goals or milestones that the organization is particularly proud of or any goals like in the future that you guys have in terms of like our current goals, even though we have grown so much uh, the past year, I'm really proud to kind of see us finally, like as a community, be seen and heard mm. and have these open conversations. Again, not just with like studios and other orgs, but internally as well, because again, culturally, we struggle with that where we feel like we can't really say anything to one another and just continue to push through. Mm-hmm. Personally, like I'm really see that uh, happy to see that happen within our own community, where people again have that space where they could speak freely and have these very honest conversations with each other. And again, like <laughs> breaking up like the little monolith that's happening, <laughs> where again mm-hmm. we're it's like it's just Asians, but again we're very different from each other culturally. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing we're really happy to see is studios approach us and looking for very specific backgrounds for projects that they're working on. Mm. So being able to help with that and witness that has been a really cool thing to see. So I'm very hopeful for the industry. And also just like having these conversations with other organizations as well. It's not just like how do you support the Asian community, but we've been like talking about how we could just support each other in general. And learning to hold space for one another. Because again, I feel like people, no matter what background you are, if you're like from the BIPOC community, they just think that you can speak on behalf for one another. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously not true. Like we all have our own experiences and struggles and stories, but it's kind of been also really nice just listening to one another as well. Mm -hmm. Katie, um, your thoughts or any, any goals you're particularly proud of that, you know, ages and animation have done? I mean, just everything, all the projects Alicia and I have worked on this past year as an org, just it's crazy to think about how we've only started since March 2021 and look how far we've come. And I'm really excited to see what we do in the future. And yeah, what Alicia said about, you know, we are focusing on the Asian community, but we also do want to help and advocate for also everyone who's BIPOC. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something I'm curious about is that you mentioned earlier how you guys don't want to just be like a resource. You guys also want to like, you know, help people out and like, you know, be some something to fall back on. Is there any potential for like you guys kind of doing kind of in a similar vein of like WIA where you guys kind of have like your own mentorship circles that like industry professionals helping out uh, some of the people that want to break in? As you mentioned, a lot of your members currently right now are people that are wanting to break into the industry. Is that like something you're playing with? An idea that might happen in the future? I mean, we've definitely mentioned it, but never Mm -hmm. gone in depth uh, specifically. Mm -hmm. But personally, I think that'd be really cool if we could do that at some point, hopefully within the next few years, again, just to like have it be a very intimate environment for people to kind of have those questions answered, but also really understand the industry in full depth as well. Mm -hmm. Because again, like, yes, we do have panels and stuff, but that only covers so much. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, I, I like the idea of that I think that would be really cool if we can make that happen one day. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to see that. I think I, I like that's one of the, my favorite thing that we does is like, I think that's always cool that they do that. And yeah, like the mentorship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's only so many people they can 
they can take every year. So having more of those yeah. available would be great. Yeah. It also would just be cool for people to be like, oh, wow, there are people like me in the mm-hmm. industry. Because again, like, mm-hmm. we want to cater to uh, the whole Asian community. So again, just having that safe space as well, where they could have those open and honest conversations too. Yeah, that, that'd be lovely. Currently, while we don't have any mentorships, um, lots of people have been volunteering their time, like specifically industry professionals, mm. have been volunteering their time to answer questions um, that our members have about, you know, interviewing or just job applications or what skills they need to build in their specific di- disciplines. So while we don't have official mentorships, I mean, the people who are part of our community have been really helpful and really generous with their time to just still help the Asian animation community mm-hmm. and other things we've been doing for besides mentorships. I mean, we also have the discord when people can ask any questions they want 24 seven and people are always kind enough to answer those. Yeah. The industry professionals that are part of our community have been so great. And I really appreciate them for, again, like Katie said, uh, taking the time to reach out to us and be like, Hey, I would love to talk to your members and help in any way possible, but also like being very active on the discord Mm -hmm. and just always answering questions for our community. So like, I definitely appreciate their help so much, like for them just jumping in and trying to help in any way possible. So since we're kind of kicking off our, you know, Asian Pacific Islander heritage month, uh, with this episode, do you guys have any events coming up in, in the month of May that we should kind of be on the lookout for? Yes. Um, so. <laughs> we have so much. We yeah. honestly have like ha- stuff happening every month, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like it's jam packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. May specifically yeah. has been like a lot of people have been coming to us and like, hey, we would love to do stuff for Asian Heritage Month. Mm. Us being one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we have plenty of events happening in May. Um, we're going to have a mixer with uh, Pixar's internal Asian group, Pixar Asiana. We don't have a date yet, still figuring out all the details, but it's going to be a mixer with Pixar professionals and just them contributing their time to say hi to people um, for like five to ten minutes and just giving any advice and answering any questions. Uh, this will be exclusive to the Bay Area community, mm. just so they have that local mm. support system. But we have other stuff for uh, everyone else. We have an event coming up with Sony Animation. Still figuring out the details on that. And we don't have dates yet, but we're thinking like mid or late May. Oh, yeah. But going off of the Sony Imageworks, it's, we're planning on doing a meet and greet with their animators. Oh, so cool. Um, awesome. <laughs> Well, I know we talked a lot about events that haven't, their dates haven't been solidified, but I am coordinating a, an event for, that's happening on May 7th at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a chat with Jalissa Leva, the creator of Jelly Ben and Pogo. Yeah. Oh, which is, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's exciting. Uh, <laughs> I worked on that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah with julissa yeah, yeah she's the yeah. best <laughs> so i'm super excited you guys are having her oh, that's so yeah cool. we're just going to um be talking about how to find your cultural authenticity in animation mm. 
and just hearing her story and creating Jelly Bin and Pogo. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, it's been really incredible. She shares everything of like uh, when people have reactions to Jelly Bin and Pogo and like their kids watching it and stuff. And it's been incredible uh, really watching like in real time people feel that representation and feel seen by it. I showed an episode to one of my friends who's, I think he's like half Filipino. And I showed him an episode where they go to the like parents' house and like there's there's like a giant wooden spoon on the wall. And I guess this is a very <laughs> Filipino thing because he immediately it saw it and he like fell on the floor and was like, I can't, the, the freaking wooden spoon <laughs> like um and it made him feel really like happy to be like more connected to, to i guess his filipino side and just seeing that on screen even though it's like you know a pbs show for children it's uh it's really incredible to see like what representation you know can come back around and do anyway no, yes i'm glad you're having her <laughs> <laughs> jelly ben and pogo like that's that was important to me i didn't have any representation for filipinos um yeah growing up and i would have loved to see this children's show as a kid and i share it with my friends too and we're grown adults but <laughs> we're still enjoying all the um cultural references they make mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i guess on the topic of culture how do you how do you both f- personally feel about your cultural background and how it ties or influences what you do in your full-time jobs? Okay, well, um, in Filipino culture, we have this thing called the Bayanian spirit. It comes from the Filipino word for community, and it refers to the communal unity, work, and cooperation used by Filipinos to achieve goals. And pretty much it's like helping others without expecting anything in return. Oftentimes they use this uh, Bayanian spirit to talk about in the Philippines in rural areas where they would help, um, one community would help move bamboo houses from one place to another when a family moves into their village and everyone helps and no one gets anything like monetary support, but it's more like just helping one another because it's the right thing to do. And I feel that for both, you know, my job working in production where I do support artists and producers and just the crew in general, but also being a part of this organization, not expecting anything to give back, um, get back, but more to give to the Asian community and helping one another. I love that. Mm-hmm. I like Katie's response. I think that's so sweet. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Katie told me last night and I was like, oh my God, I love that. <laughs> but for me, I don't know how culturally for me, it ties in with my job, but like from a work ethic point of view, you know, growing up, uh, you're always being told there's always someone better than you. So you always just have that drive to kind of like push and try to prove yourself. Um, so I feel like I'm definitely always putting myself in that position, but also just like constantly working nonstop. That's also like, I think culturally it has pushed me a lot. Yeah, no, totally get that cultural feel of like outside or even parental sort of pressure to be like, you can do better yeah yeah mm-hmm. you get it well thank you both for joining us today how can our audience members support or get involved with animations and where can our audience find you is there anything else you want to sort of promote 
Well, first off, um, you can join our community. You know, membership is free and open to all. You don't have to pay anything. To sign up to join our Discord, just fill out our form. It's located on our Instagram or also on our website. Sharing our content and getting the word out. Thank you, Straight Ahead Animation Podcast, for inviting us to speak and also for your support <laughs> and sharing everything that we do, our events and all that. For industry professionals, you can partner with us, talk to our members, join us for our monthly office hours. You can speak to our members directly and just share your experience, words of wisdom, advice, all that. Or you can collaborate with us. We can post something on our blog or social media. You can also help host a workshop or a class. And for recruiters and outreach and event and engagement teams, you know, you can hire Asian talent. We have our directory or we can put out a specific call for candidates. That's something we've been doing. And for studios, if you have stories, um, if you have animation shows or features that showcase Asian stories or Asian leadership was involved, we definitely want to promote that if you want to collaborate on a screening. Yeah. And you can visit our website, Asians Animation, for more info on how to collaborate with us and how to partner. Adding on to like studios, if you need a test audience, like we're also very open to that. Um, If you're looking for that feedback, if you're creating any content around Asian culture. So that's something we're also very open to as well. Mm. That's cool. This is a goal for maybe the future, like long-term future, because I know the times, but if any studio is like open for hosting a small tour showing around your studio, that would be so fun. Mm. Just so that um, our members can picture themselves working at the studios. I hope somebody connects with you guys. Like, I mean, if not soon, it's going to happen eventually, right? Like, Hopefully. And then what about YouTube specifically? Where audience where can our audience find the both of you? You can connect with both of us on LinkedIn. Hmm. We don't really <laughs> we're not because we're not artists, we're not posting art. So <laughs> it's it yeah. That's pretty much what our social media is. <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn works best for me. I'm really bad with yeah, social media in general. So I'm very sorry. Like, I'm not That's active fair. on Instagram. We're too busy to post. We're doing so much for our organization. <laughs> I, I just don't have a social life, to be honest. <laughs> All right, if, if people do want to connect with you on LinkedIn, how should they approach you? Should they, should they write a little note or just send you a random connect with me? Um, they should mention something they, they heard during this podcast. <laughs> like <laughs> whether it was the in-between questions or something else that stood out to them yeah give me your answer to the in-between <laughs> questions send them your answers to the in-between answer. questions yes <laughs> so we know you listen yeah. <laughs> hey it works out we both promote ourselves so yeah yes that that is awesome and to kind of like uh, as we kind of come to a close uh it's been wonderful having both of you on you guys are already doing so much for like you know the aging community with the organization what other changes do you guys want to see in the animation industry? Well, a big one that we've talked about before is a change in leadership. That's a big mm-hmm. one, like especially like on an executive level, because like it just shouldn't stop at like in the actual films. Like it needs to go above that as well, mm-hmm. because again, like sometimes I think when they are choosing leaderships in the industry, they'll choose like one person from the BIPOC community and they're like, okay, they could speak on behalf for everybody. And that's Uh they one, no one should ever have that pressure on them. But again, like they 
like we don't we all don't understand each other's plights, especially from like a historical standpoint. So, yeah, uh, I think a change in leadership is definitely very important. And we also want to focus on a shift in telling stories that focus on other Asian groups as well, you know, in particular, South Asians, Southeast Asians and um, West and Southwest Asians, you know. East Asian media is becoming really popular, but Mm -hmm. we also want to focus on everywhere else in Asia. So that'd be really cool to see. Yeah, 100% agree. Well, thanks again, uh, Katie and Alicia, for joining us today. And if you, audience, enjoyed our interview with animations, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Redier. Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to our guests. Both bright futures, straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Oh, thank you. Bye. <laughs> thank you.